The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash gelati lol. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash gelati lol. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. Good day to everybody. Welcome back to the show. It is currently about noon on Tuesday, January 16th when I am recording this. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Just a brief recap of the LEC for the weekend. We ended up having a plus 2.88 unit day on Monday. Uh, The full weekend ended up being plus 2.38 units. Really, if you consider that we had two of these games on the Nexus... We, had, we were holding kill total under tickets in two of these games, and teams were on the Nexus killing it and had to reset. Kind of a bad beat. On you know the good beat side, Rogue had a similar thing happen to them yesterday, and that under somehow got there for us still because they managed to pull what's called out of the base and ended up backdooring. So, you know, two of one kind, one of another sort of thing. In terms of the actual teams, you know, any kind of big picture takeaways from this from this weekend, I think. A lot of people are talking about Carmine Corp. I think Carmine Corp actually looks pretty good, even though they're 0-3. They had a very, very difficult schedule. They're definitely going to be a buy next weekend for me. Uh, we might actually do some look-aheads in a couple days, and we'll talk about it then, but they're going to be a buy almost for sure. Uh, SK Gaming got their outright for us on Monday. Game was fairly close for about 20 minutes, but you know these Nisky teams they're always a little bit better in the market things they look pretty clean for this early in the season they're not dominating teams but they look pretty good uh, they got to pick around the 20 minute mark around the baron and turn the corner from there they have the scaling come too so they they're really under no threat to lose that game once it stayed close for a while the other big takeaway and man you know it's confirmation bias can be a bitch sometimes but vitality might be bad Again, you don't want to jump to conclusions based on one week in the games, but they looked completely out of sorts. You know, Daglas has made some really, really critical er- like errors early in all three of their games so far. Other teams are kind of disrespect drafting against them. They were disrespect item building against them in games. And if that's happening in week one, that could be a sign that this team is just getting obliterated in scrims. You know, Rumble's like the consensus best champ in the game right now on this patch. BDS let them have it and just completely dominated them anyway. You know, we we I voiced concerns about how volatile this team was, like in terms of how it's rostered. And, you know, that's not been the entire story so far, but you know, part of it is coming true. Not ruling them out yet, but they are officially on dumpster fire alert. Early season week one dumpster fire alert. You know, usually those aren't too strong, but you never know, so we'll keep an eye on them. Heretics turned it around. They looked a lot more stable after uh, a weird day one draft where they had just zero agency and got smashed by Mad Lions, who also looked pretty good. Uh, Rogue also turned it around with a pretty dominant victory over G2. We took a piece of them on the money line once the price got out past like 350, like plus 350. Just goes to show, don't entirely judge on the first couple games. You know, you need more of a sample. But, you know, it's it's a slow process with this kind of stuff, so... It's mostly stuff to monitor more than making hard judgments. So yeah, that's the first weekend in the books for the LEC. The dogs were barking on the third day. We had four out of 500 dogs, one outright. Although we only had, I believe, let me see. 
We had it was eight and seven for the favorites on the weekend. We had kill total unders hit in nine out of fifteen games too, so something to monitor there. But the prices have already adjusted for that. Anyway, that was the first week in the LEC. All right, so the rest of the major region leagues are going to be getting started over the course of the next week with North America's LCS starting on Saturday the 20th, China's LPL on Monday the 22nd, and Korea's LCK, which starts tomorrow, Wednesday, January 17th. For more big picture thoughts on the spring season for LCK and each of these teams, check out my LCK Spring 2024 Season Preview and Outrights article that I posted on Patreon yesterday. It's 3,000 words breaking down the roster and coaching changes, my thoughts on these teams, as well as any outright plays I made, and a few bigger picture you know, concepts about the league looking forward for the next, at least for the first season here in the spring. And I did make a couple outright plays, so keep that in mind. Now, generally speaking, the LCK tends to start the year off dominated by the teams that made the fewest changes, the teams with the most continuity. You know, more, more on that in a bit with one of these matches. But generally, in a, in these higher level leagues like the LCK and the, LP, the top table and the LPL, the that are more fundamentally sound in general, usually the less change the better in the first few weeks of the season, and it usually takes a little while for the teams that made a lot of changes to really kick into full gear. Every once in a while, you'll see a team that hits right away, but most of the time that's not the case. So that said, let's take a look at the matchups here for opening day. So first up, we have DRX minus 168 with a map spread of minus 1.5 maps at plus 179, plus 1.5 at minus 556 against Nongshim Red Force, plus 138 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 233, minus 1.5 at plus 365. Two teams with two different philosophies this offseason. Nongshim, for those that don't know, in 2023, it was their first year in the LCK as an organization, and they essentially promoted their entire challenger team up to the LCK. And, you know, there's a bunch of good young players on this team, a lot of hands, but fundamentally not a great team, really poor macro. They're kind of like a dog grunt, you know, what's the Joker thing? He's like, I'm like a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do if I actually caught it, right? Nongshim tend to get ahead of themselves. Their macro is not very great. They do have hands. The players can play. Sylvie in particular is someone to keep an eye on. But Nongshim are running the same roster back here. DRX completely retooled. They kept the two players I probably would have kept from the lineup they had last year in Rascal and Plieta. They brought in Teddy for AD Carry, and they promoted Sponge and Satab from their Challenger League. Satab is someone I'm keeping an eye on. I think he's, you know, if I had to pick three guys to watch that are being promoted from challengers to the LCK this year. He's one of them. He's incredibly good, very well-rounded player, and he's been kind of in the system for a little while. I really, really like him moving forward. And I don't know if anybody saw, but the LCK did like a preview show, and a lot of the players mentioned him as well, and a couple other players that we'll talk to talk about later on. I'm breaking my own rule here. I'm playing DRX on the money line, and I almost never play teams like this that have made changes versus a team with continuity. But I really think Nolanship is probably just going to be the 10th place team again. I think they're probably going to be the worst team in the league. You know, there's a there's an off chance that all of these players make like a second year leap, so to speak, or the, the league equivalent of that. And I think that's possible. 
but I didn't like this coaching staff all that much. They didn't really get that much better over the course of 2023, and they're running the same coaching staff and the same players back. So I, I'm pretty unexcited about Nongshim. You know, money pl- unfortunately money plays a role in this, and this is an org that's not running you know, a ton of money into the esports program. So, but I I really like this DRX change, and I think I'm gonna I'm I'm willing to plant my flag early as long as it's not on every single match. But I'm planting my flag early on this one and backing DRX on the money line. So took DRX minus one sixty eight for one unit and minus one point five maps at plus one seventy nine for point two five units. Next up, we've got Gen G plus one forty four, uh, plus one point five maps at minus two seventeen, minus one point five is a plus three eighty eight against T one. Your defending world champions at minus one seventy six on the money line, minus one point five maps at plus one sixty seven, and plus one point five at minus five eighty eight. These are the two co favorites to win the split. For good reason, these rosters look ridiculous. Um, T1 are running back the same world championship lineup, same coaching staff, except they've added Coma back into the mix. For those that don't know, Coma was the original coach for this T1 team when they did all their accolades in the mid-2000s. He's a lot of people consider him the best coach ever. It's tough for debate, but bringing him back into the fold, they're running the same player lineup back. Usually... The the champ the world championship run back has not fared well historically, but it's tough to really fault this T one team for doing this. Like these guys are still in the prime of their career. I mean, Faker's the old one, obviously, but everybody else, they're still super young. They're in the prime of their career. They've already seen a ton together. Like they've been through thick and thin. They've had a ton of adversity. They have a ton of big game experience, big stage experience. It's hard to blame them for bringing everyone, like, it's hard to blame them for, you know, keeping this lineup intact when normally most people like to blow things up. Gen G are also a ridiculous lineup. Uh, They ousted Doran, Peanut, and Delight, which is, you know, they they were excellent. I mean, Gen G were the second best team in the world for almost wire to wire in 2023 so i don't all this all this talk about doran and pina and delight and the coaching staff and all that being the problem they unfortunately just didn't deliver on the big stage they they kind of had a bad worlds tournament it happens but they're going in a completely different direction here they brought new coach they brought uh coach kim and his staff in i believe it's with helper and mata and a couple other guys great coaching staff um they have history. They've actually won a world championship. They've won two world championships, so not all that far removed. Rest of this lineup, uh, they bring in Keen, who many of you know is one of my favorite players. Uh, Canyon from D Plus Kia splitting up the Canyon Showmaker duo. Uh, and Lahens, who I thought... I mean, there's a case for Lahens as the second best support in the world next to only Carrier, really, and I think you could make a debate between the two of them as well. So... They brought in three players I absolutely love. They kept Chovian Pace. This lineup is completely stacked. I don't know what's not to like. Again, I don't normally like planting a flag this early against teams that have a lot of continuity like T1 have. But I'm speculating a bit and taking some Gen G money line plus 144 here. And the minus 1.5 maps at plus 388 for a quarter unit. The reason I'm doing this. 
I just think this roster is so ridiculous top to bottom that I have a really, really hard time thinking that we're ever going to see a price this far apart again on these two teams, like for the rest of the year. I think it's probably going to end up being closer to pick them unless one of them really differentiates themselves. So so I'm sort of attempting to buy the bottom here before this even starts because I, I sincerely think that we're not going to see a price like this again in a best of three between these two teams for the rest of 2023. So it's like getting in cheap for me. So yeah, breaking my rules twice in the same day to open the season, what could possibly go wrong, right? But I, I think this is a unique situation with these two teams. So we're going to see. See how it goes. Anyway, LCK starts tomorrow. I will see you guys for Thursday's recording on Wednesday. I hope everyone has a good one.